don't think there's any mystery here. Coming to this problem and trying to work my way through it, it's pretty clear that corporations now create organized protection rackets associated with bits of intellectual property. And I've tried a number of different ways of experimenting, let's just say that, with Google and with Instagram associated with Noble Ape. But in the case of Instagram, I'm running three separate promotions currently on Noble Ape to see what level I need to get to to have the same behavioral similarities, let's just say that, as the fellow who has been doing whatever the nonsense he's been doing, or at least his people have, just to get a sense of what the paid-for Instagram experience is like. So currently, the rate is somewhere between 5 to $10 a day. That's the rate associated with protecting hashtag Noble Ape on Instagram. But actually, it's probably more likely to be $20 plus a day for the kinds of things that I've seen with regards to this guy's manipulation. So what I'm doing currently is experimenting with three separate promoted Instagram things, two moving images and one stationary image, all, well, two out of three of them, the two moving images are both just from my Instagram feed. They're both examples of Noble Ape and, in another case, the Mushroom Boy running with the view who are visually receptive to this. So more than 90% of the people that are clicking on this are male. In the case of the Mushroom Boy, interestingly enough, the demographics are skewing to the mid-30s. In the case of Noble Ape, the demographics are skewing to the mid-20s. But through this, I'm getting a sense of what the future looks like for this kind of intellectual property. That you need to allocate a certain amount of money to protect the intellectual property. And I'm interested also associated with who comes back through this process. So one of them just links back to my Instagram account. I think two of them link to the Noble Ape website. So I'm yet to get a sense of whether this creates a community or what it actually does. But certainly in terms of the hashtag Noble Ape, there have been a couple of hiccups. On Friday, it kind of went back to the old way, although it had some of my content in the top. Ironically, none of the top content are the things that I'm running the promotions on as well. But Instagram just seems to be giving me a little bit more respect through these paid-for promotion things. So I'm starting to wonder if an organic community creates exactly the same circumstances as what I'm seeing here for, you know, $5 a day or what have you. And that is going to be an interesting experiment to run. But it's certainly giving me a sense of, today is a Saturday, we went out, we're driving, we saw a new ramen place that's opened. And it had, I don't know, 400 plus people queuing outside. And we both looked at each other, my wife and I, and it appeared clear that this was an Instagram promotion, that they had gotten people to their ramen opening through Instagram primarily because they were all photo, you know, <laughs> photo blogging or whatever the term is. So, yes, an interesting community, pretty well orthogonal to the folks that I've tried to reach historically with Noble 8. But what I'm finding interesting is that there are still people that are very visually receptive to the stuff. And I think the next few might be me talking about simulation with me talking and the Noble Ape graphics as being a backdrop to see if I can reach people through this as well and pass on ideas in words as well as pictures. So what themes would I want to pass through this thing? Well, I think there are some interesting themes in the field of simulation and what's loosely called kind of bottom-up artificial intelligence, which is not actively being communicated. 
Firstly, that this work is being done independently by a wide variety of folk, not necessarily folks connected with universities, oftentimes folks in industry, sometimes folks such as myself that are kind of hobbyist crossover people, but more importantly, that the whole narrative associated with this thing is being governed by people that have very limited hands-on experience. So what is in the popular, you know, the popular top 10 discussion items associated with artificial intelligence all relate to things that have got nothing to do with productive work in the field. So I think that kind of conversation using this media, for want of a better term, will be really interesting to see if the people who are interested in seeing this stuff visually might also be interested in the ideas audio. And it's so many steps before they come and listen to a podcast of mine. I mean, this is what's fascinating me currently. I'm working through this audio book as well. It's so many different steps before the audiobook actually comes out. You're going to work this thing in some kind of productive sense. And certainly what I'm doing currently is not about moving people on Instagram to being part of the Noble Ape discussion. All I'm doing currently is really testing my toe in the water with regards to what this Instagram thing means. And if I was at a different point in my life, if I was, you know, 20 years ago financially, I could never do this kind of experimentation. It just wouldn't be reasonable to do it. I need to have a you know small but limited budget on these things, and it needs to be part of that budget. But 20 years ago, or, you know, there are so many different ways where this would be completely and utterly unfair. And by that feeling, I'm very much cognizant that this whole thing is just a corruption of the way the internet used to be, and a corruption very much designed to make these corporations money through protection rackets, fundamentally. Protection rackets where... If you want your stuff out there, you have to pay the gatekeepers. And we seem to already be there. All this discussion associated with net neutrality and all this kind of stuff, it's got nothing to do with the companies that are actually controlling the internet because they've actually massaged this discussion to be something which doesn't put a spotlight on them. So anyway, it's an interesting process and one where I think I will have to ponder how I utilize it going forwards. What can I do with this thing now it's there? And if I'm reaching, you know, thousands of people in a few days, what kind of message do I want to get to thousands of people within a few days? How will this translate to the stuff that I'm already doing? So, a thought in the sand, a Saturday afternoon idea that I wanted to put out. But I also wanted to talk a little bit associated with my gardening. In the past week, we had a new fence installed. The old fence blew over in thick rains. Winds and rains blew over the old fence. And I had it tied to a tree. This was a tree that was about 14 feet away from the fence. So a long piece of neck-high rope <laughs> between that tree and the fence. And I tied the bits of the fence together with this thing and then pulled it up to the tree, which had been in place for probably about a month and a half already. So we got the quotes in, we got the fence people in, and that was basically three days. Two days of me actually being here physically because they were lugging bits of wood behind windows and occasionally hitting windows and this kind of stuff. Thankfully, no broken windows. One interesting interaction associated with the fact that our fence has historically been level, but they decided to put a one-foot step increment to a certain part of the fence. These are the details that are important when you have a fence constructed. But what it has done is it's refocused my attention on the garden. And the garden this year had been incredibly muted. It had just been garlic, basically, some onions a few chili pepper plants, one lone tomato plant that came up, and a bunch of, like, curious, like, Indian stuff and some tea and, you know, just a bunch of kind of eclectic plants, which really I was 
growing more for experimental purposes and for my co-workers than I was for myself. And through doing this, I'm now in the process of passing on the Indian plants to my co-workers, thinking about what I do with the tea, because tea is an interesting plant to grow, but I don't think we'll have a tea harvest this year. It probably The tea plants I have, I have two tea plants, probably need to go in the ground at very sunny positions in order to survive. But, you know, these are longer-term plants, and now I have maybe three beds that are available, three or four beds that are available, and not really anything to put in them. I've got a couple of pepper plants, which I'll probably take out and put in pots eventually. But the garden is a lot more low-key this year, primarily because of travel in August, and just that for the past few years, the garden's been pretty out of control. So I'm looking at it to see what kinds of things I actually want to grow now. The pepper plants are all the five-alarm peppers, and the lone tomato is probably one of the tomatoes that I didn't like because it was just a self-seeded tomato. But yeah, it's going to be a quiet garden this year. More associated, perhaps, with removing the beds, putting in more substantial beds for next year, but just thinking about what I want in the garden going forwards. We have gardeners that I wouldn't really rate that come through, occasionally mow the lawns somewhat haphazardly, I had to send a letter with a check, maybe a couple of checks ago, just saying we need to have these things done to a certain standard. They'd created weed beds in the back or just areas that they weren't mowing, which was very curious. But one of the funny things about having the fence down was I got the sense of what the property would be like if we had our neighbour's property as well. And it was actually quite a nice space. So I don't know. I don't think the neighbours are going to sell anytime soon. But one of the houses that I did visit last year, the Sopranos property, is coming on the market currently. And having been there, having actually like stood at the front of the driveway, I didn't go up, but I stood there, got a sense of the house. I kind of thought to myself, in one possible world, there might be a Tom that would buy the Sopranos house. Some possible world. But living in New Jersey, the weather of New Jersey, although I have a few fans and listeners in that area, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do if I lived in the Sopranos house. But yes, I certainly wouldn't be doing what I'm doing currently. One final footnote of thoughts. One of my miniature painters who lives relatively locally contacted me about coming and seeing my miniature collection. And I realized that this was something I never do. I never take out my miniatures for anyone. But it was quite interesting just detailing in email form what this thing means. It's a very curious thing currently because I have quite a bit of, like, a lot of miniatures out in flux associated with this thing. And it strikes me as a hobby which I'm reducing just because I'm getting very minimalist activity from the people who historically would be painting my miniatures. I made one purchase over the week associated with a wide variety of what are called squats, which are space dwarves. The guy claimed there were about 150 of them. I counted about 60 on the actual eBay thing. But anyway, they're coming over from the UK. I'm going to have to run paint stripper, which I always love, clean them up a bit, put them together with some other squats and send them onto a painter at some stage but i think that and the civil war figures that still haven't been sent out these are the kind of footnotes basically but this is probably more a discussion associated with my rules better which i probably should put out there anyway but you long funk listeners you like a tapestry of stuff <laughs>